Welcome to the second half of the year 2018 with Liquid Flannel. Yeah, it's already July. It's crazy. I know. From Arlington, Texas, I am Matthew Hodges. Joining me in Omaha, Nebraska are my longtime co-host and very good friend, Brendan Williams. Brendan, howdy. Hey, hey. Happy sweat season. Sweat and bugs also. <laughs> uh, sitting in third chair, also in Omaha, Nebraska, is our good friend Nick Glessman. Gless, nice to have you back with us. Always happy to be back. Thank you. How was everybody's 4th of July? Uh, I work, so I also don't like the 4th of July. I don't like fireworks. Right, right. Brendan, you said that there was a... Why do you hate America, Nick Glessman? Because <laughs> America fucked me. Seriously, guy volunteers... Serves his country for several years and then comes back and doesn't even like all the explosions and trappings of fake patriotism. What the fuck? I mean, what's more patriotic than blowing shit up and denying people rights to, you know, try and come over here? When we ourselves are all immigrants. <laughs> no, not me. I'm on 100% Native American. That's why Trump's always calling me Pocahontas, man. Jesus. I guess technically I'm a Native Nebraskan. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that counts yeah. either, to be honest, but... I, I'm no I'm no race scientist, so... You know, speaking of open borders, when are we going to start walling off these states? Because, you know, I've had a little bit of enough of uh, these Kansans coming over here. You know, I don't want their kind in my state. Yeah, well, I, I live in Texas, you know... Uh, and... We also want to wall your state up too, Matt, sorry. <laughs> yeah, if, if any measures could be taken to keep Texas drivers from getting onto everybody else's highways, I would totally <laughs> support it. <laughs> It's a national security concern. Mm -hmm. I mean, I assume some of them are good drivers, but you just never know. I mean, they're not the best or the brightest. Right. No, they're, when when Texas puts drivers on the road, they're not sending their best people. <laughs> yeah. Well, when everyone has like a giant monster truck, uh, you know, they don't really have to be good drivers. You know, it's your responsibility to get out of their way. One know? on the highway and zero in the city. <laughs> that's a gas mileage joke people you know another one of those things uh of texas drivers is we've got an outsized proportion of those guys who like to do that rolling coal thing oh really yeah where you uh they see like a hybrid car driving and decide to I, I think they like pump oil into their diesel engine or something that causes it to just erupt in black smoke that <laughs> That can't be good for your engine. Uh, it's probably not good for your engine. It's certainly not good for anyone else on the road or for air quality. But, um, you know, I'm going to use that as our transition into, I think, our first story tonight is our boy went to the final round in our worst oh. politician from the Midwest bracket that we did a couple of weeks ago. Scott Pruitt is out, you guys. Yeah, I did not see that one coming at all. I mean, I, what was the straw that broke the camel's back have, here? Have I have they, my theory. Have they given an official reason why he's out, or is it just kind of like, well, yeah, you know, we're, we're tired of him? <laughs> Fox News obtained a letter somehow. I don't know. Uh, I really haven't been following the story as much as I should. I just know that not good person is removed. Shocking. Uh, he resigned. He resigned. Oh, yeah. He, quotation mark, resigned, in quotation mark. <laughs> Brendan, are you talking about his super sloppy head uh, resignation yeah, letter? He was like, no greater honor in my life, <laughs> Emperor Trump. I, b I, believe, I believe that you have been ordained by God to fill this office. And if I were able to serve his glory by reducing regulations on drinking water standards and fuel this is, efficiency. This is so good. This, you're, you're not far off, uh, surprisingly. Here, This is a direct quote from the letter. 
Your courage, steadfastness, and resolute commitment to get results for the American people, both with regard to improved environmental outcomes as well as historical regulatory reform, occurring at an unprecedented pace. How does he just not explode from all the bullshit that comes out of him? Oh, he was made for the bullshit. I mean, this guy... Oh, he's been doing it for years, man. I mean, he's the one who sued Oklahoma... Or sued the Obama administration when he was the Oklahoma AG multiple times over pretty lackluster climate regulations. Well, yeah, they were just like, you won't let me, like, drill on Native American lands like I want. And it's like, well, that's... Sorry, that's illegal. And it's like, why are you oppressing me? But I'm white. How is it illegal? (laughs) Right. But then he says, uh, you know, that's why it's so hard for me to say that I'm stepping down. It's so difficult for me to stop serving. It's such a blessing. But... Uh, the unrelenting attacks on me and my family are, are unprecedented. Oh, get the fuck And they've taken here. a sizable <laughs> toll on all of us. God, um, my heart just pumps purple piss for you. So literally, that it's lady... It's just that one lady. ...who yelled at him in the, re- in the restaurant or whatever was like, you're terrible and you need to quit your job. He was like, damn, that lady has a point. She's right. I do need to, st- I do need to step down. I doubt that he was thinking that she had a point. I just think that oh, you think so? he he finally got so uncomfortable. Remember, this is the guy who said that he has to fly either first class or on a private charter jet because if he flies, you know, just regular commercial, you know, retail airline, he gets harassed everywhere he goes by people Good. who are like, Fuck aren't him. you Scott Pruitt? You're that fucking asshole who's ruining everything. This is the same party that, remember when congressmen, like that freshman congressman, stood up in like in the middle of Obama's State of the Union and was like, you lie! And right. they were all like, here, here, what a great American hero, that guy. Like, that's in Obama's State of the Union. This is a lady at a restaurant just being like, I can't believe you and your scandals or whatever. It, but then now he's like, this is just too, where, what happened to civility? Well, you gotta remember the golden rule of the right is to always be the victim. They're always the victim, no matter what. They're always the oppressed ones. Do you think this is like a meta play to encourage more, like, restaurant uh, confrontations God, that will actually drag down the, the Democrats because everybody hates them or something. Yeah, sure. Well, uh, on that topic, I also wanted to talk about this thing that happened in San Antonio a few days ago. Alex Jones has his video that says, "I've got, I've got good intelligence that the second American Civil War is going to start on July 4th." Promoted by all of the mainstream media that don't talk to anybody. Like, I don't know, Alex, like, they're mainstream, but they don't talk to anybody else, but also they're talking to each other. The whole thing didn't make any sense. I'm going to give him credit because even though that was ridiculous, I do think it's a great conspiracy theory, though, because it would be a great time. To start the Civil War if you were going to start one, you Dude, know? it's way too hot to go to war, People man. are like, people are like, what's that sound? It sounds like the liberals are rising up to massacre us or whatever. Right. It's like, no, it's probably just fireworks, man. <laughs> it's like, as a little kid, I always thought that if aliens decided to make first contact and they just by happenstance landed on July <sighs> 4th, they would go, oh, shit, no, like, I guess we're not going to make first contact. Like, these people are just blowing shit up all over the place. Not to get really tooty, but... If you're planning on making first contact, you've been watching this civilization for a long time. So you'd, fair, you would, fair you would, you would see what their customs are like. Oh, All right, I was, I was a little kid. I, I agree now, but as a little kid, this oh, makes sense. Okay. Oh man, there should yeah. totally be like a reverse Independence Day where humans go to another planet for the first time to make first contact, and the aliens immediately like start shooting rockets at them. 
<laughs> and then it turns out like, hey, we were that was just Fourth of July on our planet, man. Like you, you done messed up there. By <laughs> right. Sorry. Yeah. You happen to show up in a spaceship that's exactly the size and shape of the parade floats that everybody shoots their bottle rockets at. It's like a whole tradition. <laughs> I, I want to come back around to talk about the movie Independence Day in a little bit. So what happened was this video goes viral online that there are these three white kids sitting at a Whataburger in San Antonio. And there's a an angry black man who has taken one of their hats, says, you're representing the president. You ain't representing shit. Throws throws the kids uh, root beer on him and storms out. Now, of course, the right wing blogosphere or what what do we call it? The commentary just lit up over this. Can you believe the amount of incivility that these innocent children were subjected to? They were just trying to get a burger on 4th of July. And Stephen King's tweeting about how what we need to do is like hug someone on the other side of the aisle. Like, remember, everyone, we're we're all Americans on, you know, on 4th of July, we ought to be able to remember. Megan McArdle had some similar bullshit that was like, we need to embrace the symbols of our country, the things that really tie us together, the national anthem and the flag. It's like, okay, Megan McGriddle, like, we understand that you don't like it when black players kneel at the national anthem during the football or whatever. Okay. So everybody's pissed off about this. And then today, we're recording this on uh, July the 5th, Thursday. An eyewitness comes forward and says, actually, it was pretty much those teenagers who started it because they had spent the last half hour loudly debating amongst themselves the virtues of doing a purge on the 4th of July to get rid of all black and brown people. They yeah, had they just, were making lynching jokes, too. They had just come. It was 2 in the morning because I believe they just saw a midnight screening of the purge Four? What is? What are we up to? Yeah, Purge now or whatever. I think it's the I think first it is Purge. The fourth movie in the series called The First Purge, which is not confusing at all. Which is a movie that is explicitly Trumpy. That is like basically saying like, hey, the purge started when like America elected a Trump-like candidate who just said like, we need to thin out the ranks a little bit here. Right. Uh, and these dudes roll into this like fast food joint at two in the morning being like, wouldn't it be awesome if the purge was real? We could just kill all the blacks and the Mexicans. Yeah. And we're apparently asked by somebody else who was sitting there like with his family or whatever. They probably just got home from fireworks. Like, hey, could you not? do that could you not be talking about this so loudly and just to add to your point they didn't use uh such polite terms either oh absolutely not you look at them and they look like exactly the same kind of uh like alt-right like 4chan uh like pepe and graper trolls that you see pictures of uh from like white white nationalist forums on reddit and you know every place else right. on the internet oh, did yeah, you see the juniors for sure did you see the line where the guy was on twitter saying like you know, hey, we weren't even, like, doing anything. Like, my, we don't even love Trump that much. Like, we were just that wearing the much. hat because it was the 4th of July. Because <laughs> America, you know? As if that's, like, you know, it's just, that's the 4th of July style. You just wear Trump gear, you know? That's just how, what everyone does. It's a tradition. As if you can't get, like, 15 ball caps printed with the, uh, you know, the American flag or the Statue of Liberty or whatever you want at any Walmart for the same price as one of those shitty Make America Great Again hats. Still, you know, I guess don't be 
mean to kids because they're gonna like Project Veritas you or whatever. Fuck them. They weren't kids. They were fucking teenagers. They knew exactly what they're doing, and that's. If- I would go so far as to say they might have just been some very weak chinned like twenty three year olds. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past them either. The fact that this blowing up into like an- another example of what has the left done? They're the ones really who were bad. We might be running the concentration camps, but we're doing it all within the boundaries of the law, you know, sort of, kind of, that we packed with our own Supreme Court justices. Which yeah. I might remind you is uh, breaking, uh, coming into the country illegally is not even a felony. It's a goddamn misdemeanor. Imagine being pulled over for speeding. A speeding ticket is, is or more intense. Or is it... A capital offense. I mean, I guess it just depends on who you ask, right? That's true, yeah. It depends on what skin color you are, for sure. The most ridiculous part is that, like, there's all these news stories about, well, it turns out that Trump's grandfather was an illegal immigrant. His wife is an illegal immigrant. Right. Stephen yeah. Miller's grandparents were illegal immigrants. We're all the we're all the children of immigrants, unless you're a full blown actual Native American, right? Which you have the most rights in our society if you're one of those guys, right? <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, I mean they they get to live on cushy, that's why cushy yeah. uh, camps. And that's they why they rule the this country life. with an iron fist. Those those Native Americans, man, <laughs> you know they think they just own this place. That's why, it's you know, alcoholism and suicides is the two killers. <laughs> right. Well, it's I think fantastic. that's I think that's a reasonable place then to transition into this this third story that I wanted to get some perspective from Gless because uh, Nick Glessman did serve in the United States Army, and this article came out today about how. U.S. Army has, this is straight from the Associated Press, U.S. Army has moved in recent weeks to discharge dozens of immigrant recruits and reservists who enlisted through a program that promised them a path to citizenship. Now, Glass, you said that you didn't uh, know any of these guys when you were serving, but it was it was a thing you were familiar with, right? Yeah, I mean, that's something that they talked about. I remember here, you know, if you know somebody who wants to join or wants to become a citizen, have them join the military, join the army. Right. The fucking white dude from Nebraska, who the hell do I know is trying to come into the country? You know what's really sad about this is that I'm sure that all of these MAGA chuds love the movie Starship Troopers. Right. <laughs> yeah, they love it for the wrong goddamn reason. Well, yeah, but, like, the big thing in that movie, that movie is that service guarantees citizenship. Yeah. Like, even then, that hyper-nationalist parody of, a like, a fascistic military state, and even then immigrants are able to join the military and they get their full rights as citizens. We're, we can't even get to that level anymore. But also, you know, they're in Buenos Aires and somehow they're speaking perfect <laughs> English. That was a little bit weird. I assumed that the U.S. had just made Buenos Aires like well, another, like the 65th state by that point. Have you, ever read, have you actually ever read Starship Troopers? I did, but it was it was a long, I long time. I, I think it's a pretty good book, even if it is a fucking jerk-off material to fascism. Yeah, but it's also, I mean, it, it Heinlein wrote it it's over the top Heinlein wrote it intentionally over the top though right it's supposed to be satire I do love most of his work but at the same time like you can tell it seems like he's got a fascination with fascism he did he did fetishize his own military service quite a bit in his stories yeah. but I don't think the I don't think the worst excesses of either the book nor the movie which actually is a really good like B movie for what it tries to be. Yeah. I don't think that any of that's supposed to be taken seriously. I think it's all done tongue in cheek to right, point right, out right, right. like how weird a society would get if it was wartime all the time. So yeah, this is really disappointing. It turns out that just a few of these people have gotten an answer from the DOD as to why they are no longer eligible for this program. And it has to do with like 
the DOD didn't finish their background check on time or they have ties to people who are living outside the country, which is like, well, yeah, they're immigrants, so they would, <laughs> right? right? Uh, and most of the others have not gotten any kind of formal answer as to why, you know, I don't know where these people were in their training, but it's more of this bait and switch shit that the Trump yeah. administration likes to do. The same with the, like, the DACA individuals you know the dreamers who were told if you follow these rules then there is a an expedited path to citizenship and we still don't have a fix for that and it's been a crisis ongoing for what like a year and a half now well and i have to imagine that you know it's not like the army right now is like well look we're just overloaded uh right right. we just got too many people wanting to join the army here where that's actually that is actually true there are there are certain uh periods like especially during the 1980s there's a huge drawdown and in the 1990s there's a big drawdown now that we're not fully committed anymore to Afghanistan there's going to be a drawdown as well well but trump's just up their budget by like 700 billion dollars that's or something, true right that's, and also that's something also that gets kind of lost in the civilian world too is yeah he upped their budget but the problem is most of the money doesn't actually go to troops it goes to well right contractors so i guess that's even worse we're gonna build another fighter jet that only costs like a half a billion dollars to build and can fly (laughs) for 10 minutes instead of five minutes without bursting into flames it's so it's so grossly corrupt but like with a historically low unemployment rate and you know trump's big goal of military expansion you know it seems like this is a perfect fit like hey if you're gonna be an immigrant that is so dedicated to, you know, coming here and working over. hard and doing the right thing and all the things that, you know, Republicans used to say were important. Well, they valued. still say it's important, but just as long as you're, you know, white. Yeah, they just <laughs> haven't left any kind of path open for anyone to do that anymore. So, but yeah, even they are, you know, not good enough somehow. I just wonder how they even attempt to explain what they're doing as somehow good other than just we don't want immigrants in the army for some reason just because we just don't like them well we just don't like immigrants anymore yeah that's pretty much what it boils down to they would they want to fuck them over so much they so they can keep painting them in the negative light which i mean is exactly what nazi germany did back in the 30s with the jews well, so just replace Jews with immigrants, and you got it. Well, I tell you what. Well, I mean, Jews were seen as immigrants as well. You know what I mean? Seen as people who are like, well, they may be in this they country, but Germanic. they're not really part of our country, right? They're not really part yeah. of our same, same with the uh, Roma Roma people. You know, they may be in our country, but you know, we don't view them as you know part of our country. Or the same as a story that I saw on Twitter the other day, where. A gal was in a store speaking in, I think, Ojibwe to her relative on the phone. And as she got off the phone, some guy said, ma'am, you know, I didn't want to interrupt your phone call, but, you know, you're an American now, so you need to speak English, not Mexican. And she said, I'm Ojibwe. Where are your fucking papers? That just that blows my mind. Like the whole one of the whole things about America is being able to speak whatever language you want. That's (laughs) <laughs> That's one of my favorite things about America is, being, is hearing so many different languages being spoken. I yeah, love sure. it. Well, I think uh, one of my favorite factoids, this is like during the 1800s, there was a higher proportion of American residents who spoke only German than we now have in America who speak only Spanish. We're not all speaking German now. It, probably for a little while they had to have German street signs in some 
some towns in the Midwest, basically. Oh, I'm sure, you know? yeah. Well, there's a, there's a couple towns, I think, that still exclusively speak German. I think, actually, one of them's in Texas. Yeah, when you're talking about the, like, the Pennsylvania Dutch or some of the, the religious oh, enclaves and stuff, but, I mean, this is, like, this was full towns who only spoke German and, you know, right. school was taught in German only, not even bilingual. And this is where that was the first big rise of the English as a first language is a movement that goes back to like the 1820s. I hope that those people, those, I would love to see the like video of some MAGA hat dudes running up to Amish guys and being like, this America speak English, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you damn Amish, <laughs> respect this country. Well, I... While we're talking about illegal aliens and the military and all of these things, I think it's a good time for us to take a break because we did watch one of the classics of American cinema and particularly patriotic cinema, Independence Day. And I'd like to talk about that a little bit. Perhaps it's fate. Today is the 4th of July. And you will once again be fighting for our freedom. Speaking of sweet movies. Yeah. On, on the topic of, of movies that are pretty sweet. Um, well, actually, I wanted to start off with, yeah, so we, we did go and watch the fireworks. For some reason, here in Arlington, they did them Tuesday night. They had the big street festival, and little kids were buying the, like, $5 goo that light up at night, and we had some street tacos and uh, hung out for a while because it got pretty windy, uh, but eventually they did start the fireworks display, and it was pretty good. You was, had tacos on the 4th of July? Yeah, man. A taco you, truck on every corner. You traitor. Traitor. <laughs> How come you weren't eating McDonald's? <laughs> I, bet if, I, I bet that if McDonald's had had... Uh, stand down there it, the line would have been around the block we kind of wandered around until we found a line that wasn't so long that we didn't want to justify standing in it for food but it was mostly at the barbecue joints barbecue is pretty well it's not american right that's like south pacific or something mm, again i don't think it's south pacific just but. going on the international america apology tour you know it's american how dare you accuse the things america stole as being not originally american all right well i mean you were telling a story before we started recording of something that i think is quintessentially american which is you get a bunch of consumers to show up for a thing that you don't actually deliver on right How'd the, uh, how'd the Ralston fireworks go yeah so we me and my family we went to see they do a big fireworks show uh, outside Omaha and we drive over there we like find a place to park my brother has an apartment over there so we were like oh we'll just go on his like balcony and watch it we get over there we wait and wait and wait and finally they start with the fireworks and they go for like a minute and a half and then like a huge storm front blows in and the wind starts whipping and they're like oh uh, sorry folks gonna have to cut the show early you know it's, it's the weather what you gonna do Right. Except, like, look at a, a weather map and then figure out, like, maybe we should start the show a little early. Maybe God just hates fireworks. It seems like it. It seems like <laughs> he does. And so they said, uh, we'll just come back tomorrow. We'll finish the show tomorrow or whatever. Hopefully the weather cooperates. But then they were like, oh, sorry, it rained on all the fireworks. So it's just it's just canceled. <laughs> just rained on the fireworks. They didn't have, uh, I guess, didn't think to put tarps out or something like that. I mean, I guess... 
you know, they they tried to hire some people to do the tarps, but they just couldn't, Probably you know, people for some reason they job. couldn't find any legal, <laughs> you know, Americans who wanted full benefits or whatever to to do the tarp job or right, whatever right. as a seasonal employee. So I, I guess sometimes you win, sometimes you, you shoot well, yourself in the foot. I think it's a really good point. You know, this is a, a thing, labor practices and um, especially like hard labor and agricultural labor are all things I've been looking into a lot lately. Oh, and they have got some fucked up laws. Well, but also there's this, uh, this running theme in all of these industries where, you know, employers, much less employees say like nobody is taking anybody else's jobs. Like we can advertise for, you know, like one, one, uh, agricultural producer said, you know, we would run ads and never in like 15 years of running ads that I have someone show up and say, hi, I'd like to milk cows for 14 hours a day for like eight <laughs> bucks an hour, you know? Well, eight bucks. Let's uh, back up. That's me a little bit too generous there, buddy. Yeah, no, no, fair enough. <laughs> well, right. And the most crazy thing to me is that when I learned that when they did start in the Bush administration saying like, Hey, like the board, like border security, like we gotta, you know, secure the borders here. Um, that it actually created a huge problem because what used to happen, you know, back in the early nineties and eighties and earlier was that people would just come up for a couple months and like work the, the season or whatever, like sure. work the harvest and then, you know, head back down to Mexico with your like year's worth of earnings that from, right. you know, your, your, you know, couple months of summer labor in the U.S. And then, you know, maybe next season, if the getting's good, you head, you head back up if you hear of some work uh, that pays pretty good. It's essentially yeah. the grapes of wrath, but like just in modern times. <clears throat> right. With not people from Oklahoma. But so then they started saying like, hey, you know, you can't be crossing the border. Like, we're going to throw you in jail. And so these dudes were like, well, you know, I used to go back home for six months and be with my family. But now I can't. I don't know if I'll be able to get back in if I do that. So I guess I better just stay all year, yep. Yep. even though I don't want to. <laughs> and then they stay here for 20 freaking years or whatever, because they just have to do the work. And then finally, it's like, oh, you know what? We had enough of you. It's uh, even though you have a job and stuff, you know, it's it's time. It's time to go because you're just not contributing right. to society, even though you have a freaking job, a job that you stole from an American that didn't want to do that job. That's, that's because it's exactly picking strawberries for four months. That's how I yeah. lost my white collar job at, my, at the office last year. Yeah, you got you Damn got picked off token. by some some uh, resident permanent alien. <laughs> right. Yeah. Son I mean, again, stole my job. <laughs> if your if your job can be taken from someone who barely speaks English, who has like no education, no skills, who's in the country illegally, and they stole your job, like maybe your job wasn't really that great of a job, you know? Maybe maybe you could get a better job because you're an American. Yeah, yeah. You you actually have some bargaining rights with your with your employer as to what you're going to be paid and under what conditions you're willing to work. Right. And, you know, they keep saying, like, oh, well, we have to go after the employers and we have to go after the employers that do it. But yet it never really seems to happen. You know, when they have these ice raids and they round up, you know, dozens of dudes. They tend to go plants, for like, the managers. You like... never really see them, you know, saying, like, and the result of this raid 
is that, you know, we got this company to, you know, we shut this company down for breaking the law and hiring all right. these people. Yeah. You never hear about that side of it. They just continue operating and they just get some new illegal immigrants to yep. fill the jobs. Absolutely right. Well, so we're talking about aliens and we were talking about fireworks <laughs> a little bit. Uh, I want to start at the very end of Independence Day, the movie, where they're all walking across the desert. Uh, Will Smith and Jeff Goldblum have just gotten back from, you know, they're both smoking their cigars and the families and the president ah, all yes. come out to meet them and stuff. And uh, Will Smith picks up his kid and he says, didn't I promise you fireworks? And then turns around and there's all this fallout from the mothership <laughs> yeah. shooting down over the, the downed alien spacecraft. And yeah. I'm thinking, you know, that stuff is probably incredibly toxic. And it's oh, just like yeah. throwing like radioactive ash all over the few remaining enclaves of humans. And not to mention, you know, their city sized uh, craft and when they all come crashing down, <laughs> where do they crash? Right. What yeah. are you yeah, no, building I, around? I noticed that, too, because uh, apparently the alien spaceships run on some sort of, like, hovering technology. It's not based on thrust. They don't have to be moving in a direction. So when Randy Quaid finally flies his, you know, hello, boys, I'm back thing, um, he takes out the ship when it's sitting literally right above Area 51, where, like, all of the Americans are. <laughs> and it's like, why didn't the thing just come straight down on top? It was like, well, we beat the aliens. But we are going to die because now we're entombed by a mile and a half of, like, alien metal above us that we can't cut through. Is that never addressed in the in the sequel? They never no, addressed the... No, it just kind of slides off to the side. Now, in the sequel, there was... The thing that everybody agrees should have been the actual movie of the sequel is somewhere in... Some, I don't know if they even name the, the African nation, but the entire country is mobilized around, like, we're all military now because a spaceship crashed in our backyard and it was still full of live aliens and we've got to go, like, kill them off because mm. they're still incredibly deadly. Yeah, and, that'd, be oh, that'd be a way better yeah. movie. Well, and Jeff Goldblum spends, like, five minutes there to get this one piece of information they need and then you never hear about those people again it's like apparently this one country had to fight aliens on the ground for the past 15 years or whatever <laughs> and God. you never see any of it well you know it's like red dawn but with aliens it's a it's a metaphor for colonialism matt you wouldn't, <laughs> you wouldn't get it <laughs> Well, another thing that struck me watching that movie is how it, uh, just how much it played to and how much it was prescient of concerns about the deep state. Because you've got the one, I don't know what his name is, but he's like the character actor who always plays the same, like, pencil-necked but hard-nosed douchebag government guy who's the CIA director. He's the, oh, yeah. I think it's the <clears throat> Secretary of Defense. He's dead. Who, yeah. He's, wait, the actor? Yeah, he died like four years ago. I know. Oh shit! Well, I'm sorry to hear that. I mean, he was really good at what he did, but <laughs> I, but I always wondered if it, it, his life ended up being kind of like the guy who played like Walter Peck in Ghostbusters, where like he's so good at playing an asshole that people like throw smoothies at him when he's out in public. God, that's <laughs> just like he's a member of the Trump administration. Yeah, that's right. I mean, those those are the real victims of leftist intolerance is people who don't like, you know, the mean principal from uh, from the breakfast club, who's also the like chief, the useless chief of police in Die Hard guy. His is, name is James Reborn. 
Reeb Horn, by the way. The the police chief from Die Hard? No, the, uh, the CIA director from Independence okay. Day. Yeah, cool. Uh, but yeah, that's that's like a big plot point in that movie is they're all on Air Force One flying around and it's clear that everything's been destroyed and uh, Jeff Goldblum's dad, like hilarious Jewish guy, is pretty much the only... Judd Hirsch. <laughs> Jud- oh, that's Judd Hirsch. Okay. Yep. Well, I should know that, but... Um, He's like, Area 51, we've known about this since the 60s. And Bill Pullman's like, that's not real. And Reborn is like, that's not exactly true, which is totally what you would say in a Roland Emmerich film, but not a thing that you would say in real life. (laughs) Damn, he died of skin cancer. I mean, though, could you imagine, though, nowadays, like the ridiculousness of the guy who's the president being like strapping into the cockpit again <laughs> right yeah well, time to go out <laughs> he was modeled after kennedy for being but even though kennedy wasn't a pilot which bush would have totally done it but like as, <laughs> as like the co-pilot or whatever just be like Wee! yeah uh, or or he would have decided that he needed to actually be in the cockpit and then on takeoff, just, just like, into it. yeah, just like crash <laughs> off into the side and taking out another one of their planes. Uh, oops, <laughs> that reminds me of my favorite, one of my favorite Pat Oswalt jokes. He was talking about Bush. He's like, Bush, he loves to play dress up. What's he gonna be today? Is he gonna be a fighter pilot? Is he gonna be a cowboy? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I miss that that rascally rascal. He was just so adorable. Who, who would have thought that? War crimes. With war crimes, illegal invasions, and, uh, you know, expanding just the hatred of America. Yeah, expanding the surveillance state to <laughs> levels that we could only imagine. Yeah. Uh, but and he did well, tra- smile I trade him in a heartbeat for Trump. <laughs> yeah, I hope yeah, he runs did, uh, again. <laughs> yeah, when did, when did Independence Day come out? Was that... 1996. Uh, 94? It was, Maybe it was 96. It was, it was pre... It was pre-George Bush, for sure. Oh, yeah, and, it was height, height of the Clinton administration. Yeah. And, it, I mean, it's it's really very uh, naive in a sweet way about what would happen in such a catastrophe. You know, the, the outside invader and the way that everybody pulls together, right. you know, rallies around the president that, like, I, I don't think anyone actually says in the movie, like, I may not have voted for him, but he does fly a good jet plane, you know? <laughs> Why is that line not in the movie? That's a fucking amazing line. Deleted scenes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, a uh, weird. It, this is this is less a comment about uh, the original ID four and more about the new one. But it's pretty clear in Independence Day that uh, Brent Spiner, the you know like data guy who's the weirdo scientist at Area Fifty One, like it's pretty clearly telegraphed that he gets killed. In that scene, I assumed he died. Isn't he in like a coma or something though? In the new well, movie, in, yeah, in the new movie, but like, but he managed to dodge all that gunfire because uh, well, no, C- CIA that, guys like fucking unload him. Adam Bald's like, fuck yeah, he drops him, he drops him. Okay, yes, that's oh, that is Adam Baldwin. That's crazy. <laughs> Whoa, yeah, dude, this movie is a star-studded extravaganza. It is. Even like the even <laughs> no, like the big parts. Wow, uh, I knew I recognized that. Man, he really gained weight between then and Firefly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, like, 
even Harry Connick Jr. Harry Connick Jr. is in that movie for like ten minutes. It's, yeah, that's it's right. He's a, yeah, he's he's Will Smith. It's such a strange construction of a movie, right? Because Will Smith is ostensibly the main character, except he doesn't even show up until like forty minutes into the movie after all of the background stuff has been yeah. done with Jeff Goldblum, who starts the movie off but feels like the sidekick the entire time. Right. And then you've got Bill Pullman doing all the president stuff and like him trying to get his wife on a plane because I don't know what's going on. Like it isn't until like 30, 40 minutes into the movie that Will Smith even shows up and he's got like two minutes at the house and then he's on the he's on the base and like he and Harry Connick Jr. are talking about how he's gonna propose to his girlfriend. And Harry Connick and- Jr. <laughs> oh, yeah, looks so like he's proposing to him. Hey, right, there, there's right. some there's some homophobia right there. Yeah, you this? know what? Actually, I I I'll, I'll push back on that glass because I watched <laughs> that I watched that scene last night and tried to put it in both the like 1996 mental state and like a current more woke mental state. And ultimately, I don't think it's a joke at the expense of gay people. I think it's just a joke of. It would be awkward if you were walking through a locker room and turned the corner, okay, and two and like people are in the middle of a proposal. Fair you enough. Know? Okay, maybe in the nineties the joke was that they looked gay, but even now it's just like a nice cringy piece of comedy. Like, oh shit! Like, I I would not want to walk in on the middle of a proposal, and he just kind of like backs out. He doesn't say anything. I mean, if we're gonna do a topic of cringy comedy, might as well just talk about Ace Ventura for the next hour. <laughs> Because, <laughs> my God, is that movie problematic. Yeah, some some 90s movies hold up more than others, uh, for sure. <laughs> but yeah, I think Independence Day, I think the biggest thing about it is that it totally was one of the early, you know, kind of those summer, summer blockbusters that was just... Everywhere. I mean, it was like yeah. I do remember just every fast food everywhere. restaurant, and I think the thing that sold it Didn't was Taco that... Bell have like a uh, like game piece, like if you collect like letters or something like that. It was like a oh, oh, yeah, they had the the like a cup topper too. Oh, that, that was, was like uh, shaped like a giant alien or whatever, uh, or like a giant alien spaceship. They probably had multiple ones. Yeah, but yeah, it was just everywhere, and I think the thing that did it was that it had one of the greatest. Like teaser trailers. I don't even remember the trailers of all time. Where oh, was it just like the shot? It's opening up about the like shoot down on the tall building or something. I like think that? it's no. It was like it was footage that's like not even in the movie where it's like on the moon or something like that. It's like blocking out the moon. Oh yeah, like that's right. And uh, yeah, there's this big uh, there's shadow. Like you're on the moon. You're looking at the the plaque that they left there. And oh, all yeah. of a sudden, stuff starts shaking, and you've just got that awesome, like, THX Dolby <laughs> surround, like, rumbling your chairs, and the dust starts to shake, and then a shadow passes over the plaque and completely eclipses the American flag, and then oh, it's okay. like, yeah, the thing is that. bigger than the moon. Yeah, super cool. I remember that one. Yeah, that was like, it was ahead of its time in in the kind of the onslaught of ostentatious ubiquitous marketing that you know almost is like it's almost impossible to do that today because the inner well well just everything is just so crowded out you can't really dominate because there's so many huge and not to mention the movie industry itself is uh has changed too because you like there's there's a whole market just for putting out like two or three minute trailers like who the fuck wants to watch a three minute movie trailer yeah i i 
That's I kind of like in the movie you're seeing right there. The trend of of you know people <clears throat> get mad when they're like that shot you know like with the Avengers and stuff where they were like the Hulk wasn't even there and that you know they like this is just they're bullshitting <laughs> us in these trailers. Well, that's like, nothing new. I'm I want them to scene. do that because yeah, that that guy who spoiling uh, the movie. <laughs> Yeah, that guy well, who that guy who sued Warner Brothers because he took like a train down from his little town in Scotland to like go to a big city and then see Suicide Squad and it was like the Joker wasn't even in it for as long as he was in the trailers like <laughs> wanted wanted to sue them for it was like train fare his ticket fare and then like ten million dollars special damages for <laughs> false advertising. <laughs> also, yeah, the- I think. It, <laughs> Getting back think, to Independence Day, I just, I'm sorry, yeah. I have to bring this up because it's something that's bothered me even when, even when the first time I saw it when I was 12 years old. It's like, how the hell can a how the hell is a civilization that is inter you know interplanetary or you know at the very least intersolar system travel? How are they defeated by 1996 tech on MacBooks? On MacBooks, yeah. well, how, how does okay. how does technology from fucking nineteen ninety six bring down an interplanet uh, solitary system? Now, or, this is a organism. thing that I believe I believe this actually was in the script at some point. Uh, I don't know if it ever got filmed, but there is an answer to this question, which is that there was a apparently a deleted scene where Levinston Levinson Jeff Goldblum's character is talking about how. Uh, all of the technology that we have, all of the computer technology and programming languages and everything, the reason that we made this giant leap in like 40 years was because of technology that was derived from the one captured alien spaceship. So it wasn't that our programming languages were able to interface with theirs so easily. It was that we were literally just using their operating system this whole time, which, okay, that's a stupid answer, but at least it's an answer. Fine, fair enough. But my my <laughs> my question at this, like, you're telling me this society hasn't advanced in 40 years. They haven't updated their uh, yeah. They don't have a, like a malware a right. malware blocker or like any kind of firewall set up. Yeah, no, I do. I do love though that it they they had to know that it was ridiculous, but it's not. It's not as even as ridiculous as the original War of the Worlds, which is what it's clearly true, aping. Yeah, yeah which sure. is like, oh, the aliens like weren't protected from our germs or whatever. <laughs> right. Uh, where it's like, I don't know, like I'm not protected from like a dog's germs. They just don't like work on me. <laughs> yeah, right. We're not we, the we, same. Yeah. We don't even know if the the Martians in War of the Worlds were like carbon based, much less that they had some sort of DNA that could be infected by like viral RNA, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Did and they, again, it, I mean, but they, but in, in, uh, ah, shit. What's his name? Uh, Wells in HG Wells defense. Uh, germ theory was pretty new yeah, at the time exactly. when he wrote that story. <laughs> I th- they're equally, like equally So I did like, I did like the, you know, the war of the worlds, you know, twist because what else yeah. are you going to do really? I mean, and that's the thing that's about the second movie, right? Where it's, it's much more implausible that they would defeat the aliens a second time. Oh my God. I don't remember hardly anything about the second movie. I, I just remember it doesn't make any fucking sense. There's like and... a Godzilla alien. Is there? Yeah, it's like... Oh, yeah, yeah, that's the right. One, There's like so one of the... Me. 
Yeah, one of the spaceships, like, it, it does, like, the, the War of the Worlds, like, tripod thing and starts stomping around again in the desert for some reason. <laughs> I actually forgot there was a sequel to Independence Day. For That's oh, probably man. for the best. Yeah. Did they, did they kill Will Smith off screen, too? They were like, he died in a plane crash. <laughs> yeah, they did. You see, there's one portrait of Will Smith on the wall in the, like, rebuilt White House. And it's like, you know, St- Captain Steve Hillert, like, died jerking off, but he was still, like, Earth's greatest hero ever. <laughs> did he die in, like, an experimental, like, I, I thought alien died, like, tech-inspired, yeah, like, no, uh, mega jet or something? Yeah, apparently there's some, like, expanded universe, like, somebody wrote a novel <laughs> that's, like, backstory for that movie. Who the fuck has time for this? <laughs> oh, my God. Could you imagine being the guy who kills the hero of, of all of Earth in, like, a... Uh, just like an industrial an fucking accident just, <laughs> yeah. just just an airplane test yeah. is like oh shit I just killed Neil Armstrong yeah. but like did that screw just fall on that engine but like no it was fine it was no I was oh not my God. I don't know what you're talking about How I just you? assumed they slipped and broke their neck like out coming out of the shower or something <laughs> yeah. and they just made up some like you know we can't say he fucking broke his neck getting out of the shower let's at least like give him some dignity like oh you just died in the airplane <laughs> Well, before we go into the real high notes, I do want to say that, you know, Bill Pullman's speech, the, you know, today we celebrate our Independence Day speech is still a really great piece of schlocky, inspirational 90s cinema. And I'm, I'm glad we watched the movie again. I, I was looking at it with a much more critical eye this time, and I still enjoyed the shit out of it. I was, I, for one, was just really disappointed that they all just treated it like... No one knew that it was Independence Day until Bill Pullman started talking about it or whatever. Like, nobody freaking mentions it, it <laughs> right. seems like. I mean, to be fair, you just got attacked by aliens. I mean. I mean, can you imagine, though, trying to give that speech? Like, in in real life, his speech would be like, I know, it's, isn't this crazy? Like, what a crazy, like, what of all the days, you guys. Yeah, right. Like, what, this is just, it's, it's nuts. Uh, what a perfect <laughs> rally there. <laughs> Well, and before we uh, before we take our, our real break, Gless, you were attacking some of the technological aspects of that movie, and you overlooked the main one, which was just driving me crazy last night, which is, how would the aliens not be able to decode Morse code, like, immediately? It's just a substitution cipher. They would have noticed, like, well, we took out all their, their satellites, but now they're using ground-based radios to send this signal Quick, right. decode that. We've got supercomputers. Okay, it's code? done. I don't remember. Yeah, they, yeah, like they use back onto the signal or whatever, right? Oh, and they make a they make a big deal about how they're using Morse code because that's a code that the aliens don't know, even ah, though the old Morse code. <laughs> All I hear is dips. They and had dashes. fucking I mean, Native Americans. They had fucking Native Americans in the movie in the form of Randy Quaid's kids. And they couldn't even, like, bring people in to do, like, wind talker shit. Oh, that would have been so much better. Oh. Damn. Just disgusted with that. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Let's take a break. I need you guys to bring this out on a high note, because now I'm just pissed off about Independence Day.
you know, maybe Independence Day wasn't quite as great as when we were all in, like, fifth grade. There are still some high notes out there. There are still some great things happening. Defying the odds, Nebraska Ensure the Good Life is the name of this organization. And they started a campaign to get a ballot initiative to expand Medicaid in Nebraska under Obamacare that a lot of other states did up front when Obamacare first rolled out. And a bunch of other states refused to do it because they didn't want Obamacare to be successful. I could have sworn somebody said they, like, killed Obamacare or something. Somehow, it's it still just around. won't die! Yeah. <laughs> they uh, collected 133,000 signatures from nice. Nebraska registered voters, and the requirement is 85,000 signatures. So they well exceeded their goal, although with ballot initiatives, you want to have extra signatures because the Republicans will hire lawyers to be like, that guy, he didn't sign it right or whatever. Yeah, they'll they'll challenge them or say like, no, this person got purged or whatever. They also have to- Hey, that guy looks looks funny. He doesn't count. (laughs) Yeah. It also looks like they have to get 5% of registered voters from at least 38 counties. Which, that seems like a pretty extreme requirement to me. There's only like five counties in Nebraska that have like a population over 50,000. Yeah, it's true, though. I mean, I guess if you're like out like way west or something, you're in Alliance County. Maybe you only have to get 20 signatures or whatever to constitute 5% of the, the voting public there. Yeah, I mean, I guess in a way it makes sense because, like, if you're going to have a ballot initiative, you kind of want to make sure that it's not just the one city in Nebraska dominating the entire legislature. You want to make sure that there's support from across the state. I just wonder how you explain it to ranchers and, uh, you know, big big corporate farmers. It's not a bad deal because basically... Yeah, for the working man. It's saving you money, right? Because... You're expanding Medicaid, which under Obamacare, you get a bunch of federal money when you do it. So they pay for like a good chunk of it. And it gets you more covered people with insurance in your state. So theoretically, they'll be able to go to the emergency room less, which actually costs a lot more than just giving them Medicaid. Yearly round check. Like as an actual Medicaid recipient in Nebraska, it's great. It's so great. You go to the doctor and then Medicaid helps you pay for it. It's really helpful. So people love it. It's just for people who are making, I think it's up to... Less than 17,000. 138% of the poverty level. So it would be a family of four making just under $35,000 a year. You know, this is this is health insurance for the poorest people in our state. I mean, if they don't want to be poor, they should just, you know, not be poor. Just pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Right. Which, again, it's like it creates jobs by, like, having people who are working in the Medicaid system, which desperately needs more people working it. And then also, like, jobs for all the healthcare. Yeah. Any any healthcare provider that takes, you know, Medicaid as payment, they can expand their operations. They can hire more people, hire more nurses, hire more surgeons, what have you. More general practitioners find it lucrative to, like, move to some of these small towns that probably are going to be helped out most by this. It looks like they're they're going through certification with the signatures right now, but it looks like 
they probably got enough signatures where even if they discount a ridiculous percentage of them, it will probably still get on the ballot. It seems really cool. And now kind of it turns to will people vote for this? And the big concern was like, well, clearly Governor Ricketts is going to be like, I hate this because I want poor people to die in the streets. (laughs) Right. And throw his millions into some campaign. Yeah, I can't be accused of doing anything that might help Obama, even though he's not the president anymore. (laughs) Right. But he came out today and said, like, I don't plan to campaign against this. I just plan on, like, focusing on my reelection, which you can kind of take one of two ways. I feel like this would help his reelection if he campaigned for it, though. I mean, (laughs) well, I mean, we, we could say that about literally anything that the Republicans stand against. Like you would actually probably get more votes if you were in favor of this thing instead of opposed to it. Right. And the craziest thing is that. He's not going to lose votes by supporting it, but he still won't do it. Yeah, There's right. no one, even the most diehard Republican, isn't going to be like, oh, the Republican governor, you know, supports Medicaid expansion now. I guess I'm voting Democrat. Like, it's well, just that yeah, doesn't mean, exist. We, we never know, though. I mean, because I, that's that's how much the like the big money interests on the Republican side want to push the Overton window that anybody who ever cooperates at all with the thing that maybe a Democrat did or that actually helps people out. Yeah. They're, they're a Republican in name only or they're, you know, a centrist or they're they're part of the swamp. Need to drain that swamp, even though Pete Ricketts is just one of the most awful, you know, Republican conservative Mercer family project for a new American century ghoul. I don't ever. even think he's like a Republican conservative at this point. It's just like, I don't know what the fuck he is. It's but not, he's it's, not. I mean, it's it's money against everybody else. But yeah, I, I think Trump has shown that Republicans will support anything that any Republican in power says, uh, regardless of what their prior positions on it. It yeah. doesn't seem like they were super ideologically opposed to the concept of Medicare expansion or Medicaid expansion, they just didn't like that Obama was doing it. So now if it's Trump and a Republican governor doing it, I think they would pretty much say, like, oh, that actually makes a lot of sense. Like, <laughs> Yeah, we'll see, though. I mean, because, uh, you know, the new... But he's not going to go support yeah. He is 100% the new, Yeah, the new congressional budget calls for massive cuts to Medicaid and Medicare and Social right. Security because, like, oh, my God, we've got this huge deficit we can't pay for. What happened? I better spend it more on military contracting. Well, they also cut several trillion dollars to rich people in the last tax bill. Yeah, somehow they, they could find the money for that, but when it's like get some people some health care it's like whoa hey well i don't know well back Where you, where's the money gonna come from that's a good high note brendan I, I say solidarity to ensure the good life uh solidarity to i saw that there were a couple of uh other nonprofit institutions that are helping out with this including um nebraska appleseed they're good folks over there the nebraska state education association are in favor of, you know, public education, obviously, just by the name. So, hey, solidarity yeah. with them, What's too. the uh, ballot uh, initiative situation in Texas? They got they got those every once in a while? Any cool ones? Yeah, not really. I mean, our, our legislature only meets, like, once every two years. Uh, it, yeah, they do. Uh, they, they really want to promote sports betting down here. They, they think that's that's where all the, the new tax revenue is going to come I from. I say bring it. Who cares? That was, I guess that's going to be like a big thing. Uh, some states, like I think New Jersey was already like, yeah, let's do it. Hey, we'll Bet totally do that. Is, 
Yeah, I don't know. I wonder if uh, that's going to be an issue in upcoming state elections since now that it's up to the states if they want to do it or not. But they've tried to get gambling in Nebraska before, and it, I don't think it has ever... They're always stonewalled because they don't want to bring the filth in that kind of <laughs> rough legalized Well, you don't really... The truth is, though, that like casinos don't actually help city revenues or anything. Right. It just makes money for casinos. Most of that money gets siphoned off to whatever corporation owns the casino. Yeah. The city has to put in a bunch of infrastructure and stuff that maybe gets paid off eventually, but it does end up causing more social problems by and large, you know? Now, it's not like everything turns into like Biff world from back to the future Two like overnight or anything. Not at first, but have you been to council bluffs? <laughs> it's pretty, it's getting close. <laughs> Sorry, council bluffs listeners. We, we do love you. It's, it's a pretty cool town, but seriously, the gambling thing, it's not the best. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm weakly opposed to gambling in that I don't really gamble, and I think it's probably just a net negative because it just leads to people the only a lot thing of money I see, that goes to I mean, casino corporations that yeah, right. don't I, really contribute to anything. I mean, I guess wank wank it's job creation, but <laughs> even but, then. You know, I think what they should do is they should just switch all casinos to Fortnite arenas so that it's just like a game of skill, you know, where at least... Oh, yeah, okay. At least there, it's not just chance. You can go win, you know, if you're good. Play for pinball high scores or something to pay. I remember hearing hearing a story about this where this arcade gambling company was like, young people don't like playing games of chance, like video games of chance, video slots or whatever. Right. They are bullshit. What we'll do is we'll make... We'll make them video games. It'll be like you go into a level and you've got to like shoot zombies or, you know, shoot aliens as they drop out of their ship or whatever. And we'll build it as a game of skill, except we'll build in that element of randomness where like sometimes the computer spits out an enemy that you just can't kill before you die. And they got a bunch of gamers to try it. And they were like, this is bullshit. Like I can practice forever on this and never actually get better at it because it's geared to make me just put money into it and lose all the time. At least the old, like, video game cabinets, like Golden Axe or whatever, like, theoretically, you could play through it on one quarter. Not Gauntlet, though, because it just makes your health go down the whole time. You fucking oh, right, rip yeah. off, goddamn you, Gauntlet. <laughs> yeah. It's a fucking scam right there. I don't know. I think there's, like, some sort of law against it that they can't pay out for games of skill or whatever. Of that. Yeah, it's got to be. It's, like, defined that it has to be a game of chance for, like, 97%, something like that. It is all luck-based. There is a little bit of school and skill in blackjack the amount of time and effort you have to put in learning it not to mention the uh, amount of money you would have to put into it it's just it's not worth it well also haven't they kind of prohibited most of the things that you can actually do for blackjack to make it a game of skill like counting cards and knowing what your odds are i mean technically counting cards is not illegal anywhere it's you're perfectly fine. You just, if you're caught, you're just going to get kicked out of yeah. the casino. Right. Yeah. You know, they can, you know, they can limit service to whoever they feel like. Or yeah. I've seen casino. I know. Just like I know the gay cakes. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're experts. We've seen casino and like the two other movies that are set in Las Vegas, the cooler. <laughs> Fear and loathing in Las Vegas. Yeah. It seems like all those movies don't really necessarily portray gambling in a positive light. No, <laughs> not really. Not at all. Well, Uh, We're going to have to ponder that for next week. I think it's about time to wrap this up here. Thank you, audience, for being with us again. Thank you, Nick Glessman, for joining us once again. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. You can find our show, as always, on SoundCloud. We're on iTunes. You can follow us on Twitter at liquid underscore flannel. 
Glass. You're on Twitter, right? Yeah, but I don't even know what my handle is. I think it's Squirrel Fodder. <laughs> yeah, at Squirrel Fodder. Yeah, that's, that's a, right. Don't pretend reason. like you don't know. I'm Come serious. I, I don't. Brendan Williams has been much more active on Twitter lately. You've got a pretty good little feed going there, Brent. You know, I need to remind myself to do it sometimes. I like to have fun at Brendan Williams with one L. On the Twitter.com. I am also on the Twitter, increasingly so anymore. Uh, I am at Matt the Great. Once again, thanks for being with us. We'll see you eh, next week. Sure. Hey, while you're checking out Twitters, check out the Breadline blowing it up. Oh, the tweets thanks. out there. Yeah, thanks, man. Sure. Uh, yeah, the Breadline podcast is coming very soon. We're recording our first episodes next week. So, yeah, follow us at the Breadline Pod also if you're interested in socialism and food justice and food issues and funny memes about food. You guys are going to like review the latest McDonald's promotional tie-ins, right? For, you know, Independence Day 3 and It's actually mostly just any tie-ins that have to do with Rick and Morty. Uh, that's <laughs> sort of the sort of the point. <laughs> I, I look forward to the deep political analysis. <laughs>